according to Matthew, the 11th chapter. Glory to you, Jesus spoke to the crowd, saying, To what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in a marketplace and calling to one another, We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We wailed and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they said, He has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Gospel of the Lord. Mercy are yours from the triune God. Amen. I will say this, that uh, Paul's writings when we were in Greek class and seminary were really easy and really hard to translate from Greek to English because we would find the same words used over and over again. But it was trying to make a sentence was really difficult because he goes on and on and uses those words. Yeah. So St. Paul seems to be on his usual rant where sentences cause people to have to slow down and read one word at a time. So what's Paul's rant venue today? He's talking about the law. Law, along with gospel, is mentioned a lot by Paul and is central to Martin Luther's understanding of God and the means of grace. In fact, over these weeks uh, that we have in Romans, I encourage you to listen for law and gospel in his writings. While he may not actually say those words, law and gospel, the theme is there. And while we are quick to understand what the law is, there's a little more to it. So today you get a, uh, a little mini uh, class on law and gospel, uh, the easy seminary version. So in studying Paul and understanding a Lutheran perspective on grace bestowed upon us, I present to you three purposes of the law. If you get this right, you basically have a class figured out in seminary. You might get credit for it. So number one, the law helps to control violent outbursts of sin and keeps order in the world. Now that's pretty much the easiest one for us to remember. Moses gave the Ten Commandments 
and many other commandments, and people understand that law. But even in modern times, I think about the, how the law allows our community to live in harmony and peace. We have police and judges that make sure harmony continues. So that's number one. Number two, the law accuses us and it shows our sin. It's kind of like a mirror um, where you just can't get away with uh, the truth that is before you. Number three, the law teaches us Christians what we should and should not do to live a God-pleasing life. Three uses of the law. So let's go back to Paul when he says, I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. So in putting those three things in, the law is there, number one, to keep order in Paul's action in his world. Number two, the law makes Paul look in a mirror and acknowledge not just his own actions, but his thoughts as well. And number three, the law has worked in Paul to guide him in understanding what is and is not acceptable to living a life that pleases God. And Paul wants that very much. The truth is, it's not only Paul who questions his thoughts. I have daily reflections on how I interact with others and what it means to live into who God created me to be. And not just me, but you as well. So, where have you seen that this last week? Things that you have done, things you haven't done, that cause you to look at the three uses of the law, encounters where you weren't at your best. And while some like to think pastors are perfect, <laughs> we all know better than that. So here's one that I could not get out of my mind this week as I was focusing on this. So, a few weeks ago, maybe, no, it's probably longer than that, I sent a letter to someone, and basically that letter contained me vomiting my emotions, just spewing my emotions on the paper, as to how I had been hurt by words and actions of the person who would be receiving this letter. Were my words a lie? No. Were my emotions out of place or maybe blown out of proportion a bit? I don't think so, but sometimes emotions do happen that way. Did I know that my words would hurt the receiver of that letter? No, but I kind of hoped that they did. Why? Do I do that? Well, because sin is a part of me. I hate admitting it, but it's true. And I will say this. I am glad I can recognize it, because that's the only way I can begin to ask for help. Paul understands the law. He is a Jew from birth and a Jew till the day he dies. 
And therefore, he knows the law of Moses like the back of his hand. But no matter how good he is, and we know he wasn't always good, the law isn't enough. For me, the law isn't enough. Recognizing the sin in me and others just isn't enough. That, my friends, is where, law, where the gospel comes in. And I'm not speaking about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four books in the New Testament. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about the gospel meaning good news. Because while I know law to be the thing that helps control violent outbursts of sin, I still am powerless to curb the gun violence in our nation or bombs falling in Ukraine and Palestine. I can't eliminate the racism, sexism, and fear of people within the LGBTQ community. I can't even control the hurtful words that I sometimes say to people. I can't. But I do know what love looks like as I stand with people who are hurting, even people that are hurting from my direct actions. And while I look in the mirror and I recognize the sin within me, I am unable to be the person God created me to be. And truthfully, the mirror just makes me feel like a failure. And yet, in the mirror, I see a beloved child of God who is freed and forgiven through the death of Jesus Christ. And while the law teaches us Christians what we should and should not do to live a God-pleasing life, I need something more. Because I will still lash out at someone with the hope of hurting them the way I was hurt. I will still cry out, well, what about me when others are struggling in ways that I can't even imagine? However, I have been known to step into difficult situations, speechless for the right words, and yet they come out of my mouth anyways. And while I'm not a hugging, touchy-feely person, I certainly am there to hold someone deep in their pain. Note, those three examples are examples of law and gospel. But thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, the cross comes into the world to show us what love, mercy, and grace is all about. We are freed from the sin that weighs us down. We are freed from the sin that the world shares with us. Words and actions that are crushed over and over again by the grace of God. Sin is at work in the world, but sin never has the last word. The gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ abounds and we are forever changed. And since we're having a little uh, uh, seminary class, I'm going to give you one more little example of the seminary. As Jen flips things over.